Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I, I think it is God's perversity. Anybody here, you're like, God, you love me. You know where I am. You can help me. Anybody, when you're struggling, you just want it to be you and Jesus. You don't want to invite anybody to the party. Three of us, four of us, I'll wait. Right? No, isn't it human nature that when we're hurting, we want to get better before we come back out to play? But God, <laughs> but God, he loves to lure us into relationship. Why does he, why didn't he heal Gary? Because Gary was crying out to God. But then he heals when I pray for him. And I'm big crying out to God about my knee. But nothing. But when y'all gather around me, will you share the testimony God heals? There's something about it because more important to him than our healing is our relationships. So I have a question for you guys. What are the qualities of a loving, healthy, intimate relationship? That is awesome. One second. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Trust. What else? Okay, wait. Time, care, what was that? Say that again. Communication. Got it. What else? Honor. Come on. Forgiveness. Vulner, Vulner, yeah, it needs better letter. There we go. Vulnerability. What else? Loyalty. I'm glad. There you go. You're very loyal to them. What was that? Respect. R e s p e c t. Don't don't get me started. Humility. Come on. What was that? I heard something. Safety, come on. I'll take a couple more just for a hundred. Empathy. Empathy. Okay, what else? Laughter. Laughter. When they're laughing at you. (laughs) (laughs) Medication (laughs) Medication makes for good relationship. Wow. I medicate my friends, so they put up with me. All right, moving on. What else? Give me a couple more. Understanding. Understanding. Anybody else? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Got that one? Yeah. Grace. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Take one more just to fill it out. What was that? Companionship and what? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Okay, I'll take two. Companionship. And faithfulness. Okay, all right. Now, the funny thing is, you know what I did not hear from any of you all? Pain. Why not? Why wouldn't you say pain? <laughs> what I w- I'm just going to say something. Put this out to you. Try it on for size. Are there any perfect people that you can trust other than Jesus? Leave Jesus out of this, by the way. If you trust people, what will you experience? <laughs> Anybody here, you, you are, your love language is time and people just don't have enough time for you? <laughs> anybody, anybody not gotten the level of care in a relationship? Anybody see where I'm going? Honesty. Anybody so glad when everybody's completely honest with you? <laughs> like, like safety is, you know, the only safe place to be is the grave. Because you can't fall from there. You can't get hurt. You're dead, right? Like every single one of these is not an absolute. And if you're going to risk a relationship, you will have pain. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who here made at some point in your life made the number one goal of your life to avoid pain? This morning. Awesome. Right? No. What happens when, you, when your number one goal is to avoid pain? You avoid people. True? Right? Okay, so, so the thing is, is um, I, I love this line somebody told me a long time ago. If, you were, if you've been in anything where they're like talking about honor or a culture of honor, and I love this line somebody said, it's not honor till the people you're trying to honor are dishonorable. Say that again. Oh, look, I, I, my brain broke. Anybody know what I'm talking Stay with me. If you're just honoring, it's what Jesus said. If you love your People who love you, what is that to you? That's not love. That's just, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's only love when you love your enemy. Honor means to agree with who God says they are. Well, if you're being who you are, me agreeing with who you are is like, no duh. When you're not acting like who you are, and I choose to relate to you as who God says you are, that's honor. Okay, stay with me. Um, when do you need understanding in a relationship? When you don't have it, right? Because when you have it, it doesn't matter. Nobody, are you guys tracking with me at all? What I would submit to you is that when you choose to belly up to the bar of relationship, you have signed up for a crash course in pain. Somebody, people are like, I'm in the wrong church. I, I, I'm, I did not sign up for this. Yeah, yeah. I thought, no, but stay with me. Stay with me. If my one goal is to avoid pain, guess what I'll keep doing? Anybody here had an ingrown toenail? And you didn't do anything about it? Okay, the men did. This is the men. This is the men. The women are like, I went straight for a pedicure. It was a good excuse. The men are like, I'm fine. Right? You, my men, men, they're blinking at me. They're like, yeah, I'm with you. Right? Okay, so here's what happens. If I have an ingrown toenail, and why does it hurt? It's growing the wrong way. And probably also getting infected. So two whammies, right? Okay. So men, if I'm not going to go for that pedicure, which I'm not, uh, what will I do? Cut off my toe, despite my face. Absolutely. What else? What am I going to do? Come on. Dig it out. Dig it out. Any, oh, who are my men? Just sitting there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there's two groups of men. They're the men who are like gouging out like just for fun while watching TV, blood squirting everywhere. And then, oh, I've got stories, but I, I'll save that for men set free. Hey, ladies, just be glad. I have a filter. I know it doesn't look like it, but the men can say, I have a filter because they get to see filter-free living. But anyway, moving on. But for those of you who don't dig it out, what do you do? You start avoiding hitting it, right, don't you? You start, like, doing a little funky dance. You start, like, you know, like, when people come to greet you, you, like, put the foot back so they don't accidentally step on it, right? You start to avoid. Now that pain, what was that pain there to do? What was it supposed to do? Let me know something's wrong. Was the pain bad? It hurt, but it was actually good because the pain wasn't the problem. The problem was the nail and the infection. If my number one goal is to avoid pain, I will always run from you. Let me just tell you, it was very uncomfortable for John to stand up there. It was uncomfortable for me to start running because the last time I did that, I about fell on my face. And listen, if our number one goal is to avoid pain, we will run away from each other because I promise you, if you choose to show up in relationship, you will be hurt. You will be misunderstood. They may laugh at you, not with you, right? There will be moments that you have to fight through, not assume the pain is a reason to cut off my toe or the pain is a reason to stay away from you. But the pain is, in fact, when we lean in, we, in fact, every single time you draw near to someone, usually there's a, there's a happy time. Anybody know the happy time? The honeymoon time? 
I love you, you love me, right? And then what comes next? Burr, right? An opportunity for misunderstanding, a disrespect, unforgiveness. Do you want, I want to submit to you that 99% of what passes for disrespect, disloyalty, misunderstanding, uh, unfaithfulness, um, pride, all the negatives of these, that 99% of it initially was just miscommunication. I saw you disrespecting me and you didn't see me at all. You didn't even realize what was going on. But, in, but instead of dealing with the pain, fo focusing on the lack of communication, we do what? We run away from the pain. Okay? All right. Keep that in mind. That's free. Some people are like, I want my money back. <laughs> I did not sign up for that. All right. So we're going to go through right now. We're going to be wrestling with Jesus today. And why did I put this thing with pain? Because see, wrestling is when it hurts with Jesus, but I'm not going to let him go. Anybody got some areas where you want to wrestle with him? It hurts, but you're not, you're not going to let him go. All right. Grab the Bible. That's always a good place to start. Don't hit your neighbor. Just grab it. Um, turn to John 13. We're just going to go through half of 13, half of 14. We're going to look at this because we're going to watch the disciples wrestling with Jesus. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the questions that we give Jesus. And if you ask Jesus a question, what are you nine times out of 10 going to get? Answer. Answers? Questions. questions. More questions, right? Like every, it's just like, oh, my, anybody had that experience with God? I would submit most of the time why when we cry out to God and we ask him a question, we don't hear an answer is because he's not giving us an answer. He's giving us another question. And that's just rude. <laughs> but we talked about this thing that the reason God does that is most of the time we're not asking the right question. Like for, with my ingrown toenail, how do I make the pain stop? It's not about the pain. It's about the toenail. I'm asking the wrong question, right? We can make the pain stop many different ways. Yeah, shoot it. Yeah, shoot it. Anybody done that? That's how you deal with relationship? You're like, this hurts. Moving on, right? You've got, you're buying body bags on bulk from Costco. Moving on. All right. So we have this moment. This is the end of, this is leading up to the cross. Jesus spent three years with the, the disciples, and the more he spends time with them, the less they seem to understand what's going on. Anybody have that experience? You feel, okay, anyway, don't. And so what's happening is, is Jesus is like, they're all jockeying for position. They're all trying to figure out who's going to be on which throne. I want the purple one. You want the green one. They're like fighting on who's going to be great in the kingdom of God when Jesus goes on his throne, right? And Jesus is going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how do I get through to them? We have this moment. We have this moment. It said that at the evening meal and everybody is fighting for position. Can you, can you guys see it? Um, you know, if you have, we have friends who have many, many children. It's hilarious. Dinner time, it's like everybody's like shoving and pushing, trying to get the good seat. These disciples are doing that. And what does Jesus do? Jesus lets them all fight. And while they're fighting, he strips down to his, his basically his undershirt and his underwear, and he grabs a towel and he takes the position of the worst slave. In their society, like anybody, you would think being a slave is bad, but, the, but anybody been in a place where it's bad, but you still fight over who's worse, right? They're like, but the worst was the guy who had to wash feet. And some of you totally understand. Who are my anti-feet people? You're like, I get that. But, but it was worse than that because they would walk around and there would be human excrement and animal feces out in the road. And so when you came in, you didn't just have toe jam. You had something else. Okay? And so literally, it was the short straw to have to wash feet. And Jesus gets down. While they're fighting over who gets the place of honor, he gets down and washes their feet. And they are horrified. Let's go to start with verse 6. And, and, and I love it. He's horrified, but nobody says anything. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, 
Are you going to wash my feet? Now I have a question. Is that a good question? I would submit no. He just washed 10 other guys' feet. Like, you know, like, I mean, but I love Jesus. Jesus is okay with stupid questions. Sometimes all we've got is a stupid question. There are no stupid questions with Jesus because any question will start a conversation if we're willing to follow. All right, let's see where he goes. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing. No, it does, Sherlock. Like, they're like, you do not realize, but later you will understand. And Peter said, no, I won't. I want to say again, as long as you're talking with Jesus, there's hope. It's when you quit talking, when you start assuming. And he's like, no. He said, you shall never wash my feet. I did not sign up to follow a king who washes feet. I did not sign up for that. Anybody had your, your expectations completely shot? Okay. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you can have no part of me. And that includes that nice throne you've been sizing. And uh, then, uh, Simon, then Lord, Simon Peter said, not just my feet, but my hands and my feet and head as well. <laughs> Does Simon have a clue what's going on? Does Peter have a clue? No. But Jesus is still engaging him. If you've been taught the only way to engage Jesus is when you've got it figured out, you'll never engage him. I love it. Jesus is like, oh. Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. I'm not washing you head, shoulders, knees, and toes, buddy. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. And of which everybody's like, you know. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his, his clothes and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I have done for you? What do you guys think? No. But those with understanding will never get understanding. But those who admit they don't understand can. And he asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So here's my question. Jesus was teaching what? What was he trying to teach them? Go out on a limb. Humility. Servant. Serving. Honor. And true leadership. Let's just say that. Right? Okay. So what were the disciples understanding out of all this? <laughs> Zero. Well, what was their real question was, how do I be first? How to be the best? Remember what I said, when Jesus asked, we asked a question, it's to break our understanding. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's jump down to, let's go down to verse 31, because after this, Judas takes off. Judas, Judas reveals himself as the, as the um, he's like, I didn't sign up to be the least of these. And he decides to cash out his annuity. All right. Verse 31, when Judas was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If I was the disciples, I'd be waiting for like angels or like, like now, like how now? Now? If God tells you something that doesn't make sense, it's to do what, do you think? Make you ask a question. Let's see what happens. God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. Aha! It's now going to happen. We're going to have the kingdom. We're going to take over. I'm, I'm going to get a limousine or a limousine chariot or something. <laughs> My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. What's he talking about? He's talking about dying. Do they understand? No. Have you ever attempted to explain something to a child when 
there, it's not just that there are no words, it's the concepts are beyond them. Do you know what I'm talking about? What if most of our questions, the problem is we think the answer should be simple, but the concepts are beyond us at this point. A new command I give you. You cannot come where I'm going, so I'm going to give you a new command. Love one another. Like, what? <clears throat> Anybody here been looking for the secret revelation? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, it, nobody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, give me something with meat on it, some teeth, something that's a really wow the people. Love one another. <laughs> Again, the disciples are like, yeah. I, I, Peter, as his PR manager, is like, that doesn't sell. Love one another. As I have loved you. Remember how I was washing your feet? Oh, man. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. What is he trying to teach them? Love is everything. There you go. There you go. Beatles stole that. They need to give royalties to Jesus. All right, moving on. A new command. And Simon asked him, Lord, tell us about love. What is love? No. no. Peter, Peter goes, ah, I understand where you're going. How can I learn to love my brother? No. What does he ask? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Right? Anybody see a disconnect? And Jesus says, oh, because you don't get it, we're not going to talk anymore. Is that Jesus? Aren't you glad that our ability to hear God and know him and interact with him is not based upon our ability, but his love? And that he has always pursued us. It's not we who hold on to him, but he who holds on to us. And Jesus replied, okay, Back up the truck. I just gave you the biggest revelation of all time, but we'll talk about your question. Where I am going, like I just said, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Not now, but later. Anybody found that for kid? Okay, forget about kids. For us, anybody doesn't like not now but later. Yeah. Anybody like you, you cry out to the Lord, Lord, when, oh Lord, you know, or like uh, I love David says, how long, oh Lord, not now but later. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bad Yelp review, Jesus. I am sorry, not now but later, but later. Oh wait, wait, but later. All right, but later. Let's see where do we have and. And then he says, what does Peter say? Gotcha. All right, thank you. What were you talking about, love? What does Peter say? Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Who are my extremists? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh. I would just say, why not? Where are my why notters? Like, that's your automatic first reaction to Jesus. Okay. And then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the roaster crows, you will disown me three times. Not just once, but three times. His answer, to, he answers, why not? Because I know what's in you. I know you better than you know yourself. Peter, you're convinced you're ready to die for me. You're convinced you're ready to sit on a throne. You're convinced that you're ready for everything. And what does Jesus say about his readiness? <laughs> right? Peter, I know that if you got the promotion you want today, it would kill you. You can't even hold not disown me tonight. I love it. Verse, and so verse 14, 
uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Peter. Do you think Peter's having a bad moment right now? How bad, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you think he's doing right now? Is, do you think he's confused? I would submit to you confusion is an improvement. Why is confusion for Peter be an improvement? Because he was thinking wrong. See, if you're thinking wrong, confusion's an improvement. You're starting to go, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Anybody, don't nudge, have a friend who has it all figured out but can't find their way out of the bathroom, right? No, confusion, believe it or not. Remember what I said about pain? Who here, like, I'm, I'm looking for some confusion in my life. I just need some confusion. Anybody ever prayed for confusion? We could pray for you if that, if you had ever prayed for that, we'd be concerned for you. The reality is when you need confusion, you don't know you need confusion. Why? Because you're deluded in thinking you have the answer. And confusion might be the gift of God. What does confusion, how does confusion manifest? What goes through your head when you're confused? What are some questions? I don't understand. What? What's happening? Right? Guess what? Those are questions that Jesus can dialogue with. See, confusion is just a bunch of questions without answers. Jesus can only answer the questions that don't have answers. Because the way we have answers, he can't say nothing. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Peter. You believe in God. I do. I was starting to doubt I believed. I'm, if I was Peter, I'd be like questioning everything. I'm like, well, if you think I can't even roll with the big boys, I don't <laughs> He said, you believe in God. Yeah, uh-huh. Believe also in me. Trust me. This word believe, you got to understand, everywhere you see belief or faith in the New Testament, it's really a relational word, trust. It's not... I intellectually have intellectual assent to the existence of a deity. No, it's I trust him with my life. Trust in me. Trust that what I'm saying, believe in me. Quit trying to twist my words to meet your ends. Trust me that I'm for you. He said, believe also. My father's house has many rooms. Peter's like, I'm not asking. I'm done, right? Right? If God starts talking about something that doesn't make sense, what do you think he's trying to do? He's trying to make sense. Change the subject. Come on, make me ask questions. Ask him, where are you going? Ask, que ask questions. Who are my people? This is me, by the way. I'm just going let to let the cat out of the bag. Anybody here been in long conversations thinking you understood and then realized you didn't understand, but then kept acting like you understood? And you just kept faking it, hoping you sometimes figure out what was going on? And you're like, oh, someday. <laughs> I actually had this guy, we'll call him Mike, because that's what I called him. <laughs> For like nine months on end. He corrected me four times. And all I could remember was he corrected me, but I couldn't remember what his name was. So I kept calling him Mike accidentally. It was very embarrassing. Every time I saw him, I avoided him. His name was Chris, by the way. They're really similar. They have a vowel in common. That's not pronounced the same. It and I. Anyway, moving on. But, but here's the deal. He's, he's trying. If God's talking, instead of acting spiritual, start asking good questions. My father house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I not have told you? That's not helpful. And I, I am going to prepare a place for you. Now, some of you guys know this. In Jewish culture, what would happen is a bridegroom would go, they would do a betrothal, and then he would go back to his father's house, and they would build an addition on the house, because living with your parents is, and in-laws is tough, and they would build like a little wing where you could hide from the in-laws. And, and, and when that was complete, he would, the bridegroom would come back with a huge parade to get his bride. 
She was married. They, before the law, you couldn't break a betrothal except with a divorce. So in many ways, they were married, but they hadn't enjoyed the fullness of marriage until they went home to the father's house. So he said unto them, my father's house has many rooms. He's got room for you. He's got room for you. You guys are fighting for places in the kingdom, and I'm telling you, you have a place in the father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and you also may be where I am. Now, anybody here, you've understood the analogy, but you still have no idea what he's talking about. Again, not knowing means you can begin to know, but if you know, you can't learn nothing. He's talking about he's going to the cross to prepare a way to the Father. He's going to create the way for us to be reconciled to God. Not God to us. God's never had a problem. It's us to God. We who were enemies of God in our own minds, Colossians tells us. He said, I, if I, I will go. You know the place, you know the way to the place I am going. Peter's like sneaking. He's just hiding. He's like, don't make eye contact with the teacher, right? <laughs> you know the way. Okay, I'm making, uh, let's say, I'm, I'm preparing a place and you know the way. Now, if God tells you you know the way and you don't know the way, what would be an appropriate response? A question, a question. Why does God keep doing this? He's trying to break their understanding. They're convinced they've signed up for a, uh, a, uh, some sort of scheme whereby they become, they go from being fishermen to being kings. Anybody here, when God told you your destiny, you signed up and thought it was gonna be a one-stop shop all the way straight to the, and found out it not to be, right? You thought it was just gonna be all wonderful? Mm-mm. And in fact, that's what he said. He said, okay, guys, I'm trying to break your understanding because your disappointment in the plan is causing you to disengage from the plan because you never understood the plan in the first place. You never, you made a lot of assumptions. And when you assume, it makes something out of you. It makes a donkey out of you and me. All right. You know the place I'm going. Thomas said to him, probably he was like, paid, like, like Peter paid him five bucks. He was like, I can't do this. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Good question. Where and how? That right there is a really good question. Why is that a good question, do you think? Because it lines up with exactly what Jesus is talking about. Remember these questions before? They were like, they were missing the point every say. But finally, what if the first thing Jesus is trying to do is to get the right subject in the conversation? Okay. Um, Masha and I were talking about something. I was struggling in a relationship and I was complaining in the relationship. And then at this, this was a while ago, she said to me, she goes, obviously you need to deal with your heart. And I was like, that is not the issue. Anybody think what I thought the issue was? The other person. And Masha goes, you need to deal with your heart. See, the problem was I was, on the, I was over here. And Masha's like, we need to talk about here. And I was like, no! I did. I did. It took me a minute. And in the process of being in Masha's presence was pain. How dare you! How dare you show me my heart? If you show me my heart, you're the problem. I was fine in my delusion until you showed up. <laughs> Reason number 432, we're called to relationship. It is much harder to be in delusion when you are in relationship because somebody is much more aware of your delusion than you are. All right. Jesus answered, all right, you guys ready? Okay, yeah. Thomas like, I don't know where you're going. I don't know the way. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus goes, finally, a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. 
thankfully, somebody finally, can I buy a question? Right? And Jesus drops, you want a rev bomb, here it is. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Right? Like, I am the way, the truth, the life. All my fountains are in you, Lord. I am in. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, if you really knew me, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Why do you think the disciples would even want to get to the Father, if we can just be rude? Because he's the king. Get close to the king, get the king's stuff. Are they after a relationship? No, they're after stuff. I mean, we aren't, of course not. I said yes to my destiny so I could be lay down my life in selfless <laughs> service. Not to be on, awesome and loved. And No, that's not it. He goes, no, I know what you really want. You really want to be near the Father. The Father, the whole point of all of Judaism, all the, the, the bazillion laws was just to somehow by your own effort climb up to the Father. And he goes, I've got great news. Anyone who has seen me, oh, he, said, oh, he goes, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Okay, this is the ultimate uh, uh, plot twist in the history of the world. This is that moment in the movie where, you know, it, it turns out the little old lady's an axe murderer. I mean, it's that level of a switch. My buddy Jesus, who just wiped poop off my feet, just told me he's God with skin on. That was not my question. But do you know what? That was my answer. What if God is giving me the answer I need, but he's trying to get me to ask the question so I can receive it? Because all my fountains are in you. I'm trying to get stuff, and he wants to give me the fountain. I'm trying to get results. I'm trying to get something, a problem solved. I'm trying to get a person manipulated. I'm sorry, changed for their good. I'm trying to sort out a situation. He's like, come to me. In me, you have everything you need. In me. And he's saying, I've got great news. Guys, you don't have to look any further. You keep waiting for the kingdom to come. It's here because I'm the king. I'm here. And Philip, full of wisdom, says what? I know Jesus is like, I've been waiting my whole life to bring this rev bomb on somebody. I've been bursting at the seams. I'm God! I'm God! I'm right here! Uh, Philip, I think, again, Thomas, you just see X's, right? Peter's X'd out. Thomas is out. Philip's like, I got this one. I got this one. Lord, anybody here, you just want to say something spiritual at the right moment? This is what this feels like. Lord, show us the Father. I don't need all of that wealth and privilege and throne. Show it. You said the Father's the point? Okay. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. What? But I did it. I, 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 in my version of the Gospels, there's an extremely pregnant pause where Jesus explores boldness. <laughs> okay, all right, that tact was not working. Let's try another. She said, don't you know me? I just told you, you know me, you know the Father. Like, this is not a complicated syllogism. This is not philosophy. You know me. Okay. If you know me, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've, we've been among for you with such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. See, that's why we're doing these Jesus encounters. 
Because if you find anything in Scripture that doesn't show up in the person of Jesus in the gospel, you have reason to doubt your understanding of what you're seeing. You may not understand what you're seeing. He said, if you see me, I am, Hebrew says he is the exact representation of the Father. Complete. He said, don't you, he said, if you've seen, how can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, the miracles. He's like, seriously, guys, what have we been doing for the last three years? Anybody? That conversation right there. Has anybody had that moment with Jesus where you questioned the last several years of your life in him that you didn't understand anything? Do you know what that's called? Repentance. Repentance is the sweetest thing of all. Anybody had something going on in your life and, and it's, something's wrong, but you can't tell what it is. And then God goes, pretty much everything. And there's a joy in that moment where you realize, I have been leaning on my own understanding I've been leaning on my, I've been trying to manipulate God to meet my needs. I've been trying to manipulate God to solve this situation. I've been trying to manipulate God to fix my kids or my husband or my wife or my job or my business. And all he's saying is, if you have me, you have everything. If you have me, you have everything. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father? I would submit to you, wrestling with God is that point where you're holding on to God and everything gets stripped away from you of your own understanding. It's repentance where I lay aside my understanding and allow him to give me his. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they'll do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. Okay, repentance time. You guys ready? Anybody here? I like read that verse, and I was like, so that's the trick. How do I do greater works than Jesus? <laughs> Nobody? Three of us? Come on, blink, blink for me. That's like people are like, I'm trying to get married so I can have sex. That ain't going to work out so well. Because the point, he said, if you're in me, you don't, you'll do greater works. Forget about it. It'll happen. If you're in me, your needs will be made up. Forget about it. If you're in me, you have everything you need, but forget so you can forget about those things, not so you can manipulate you, use me, use this relationship to meet those needs. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do greater works than these. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. Okay, who here? Who here read that? You're like, legit? Legit? Okay. <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Right? Right? Or do I have to do the Hebrew? Aramaic? I don't know. In Jesus' name. Ah, uh, the lottery shall be mine. Now I say it like that and you're like... <laughs> But it's not magic. If you are in me, if you're living in me, if I'm your everything, then I'll show you my desires. You'll ask them because they're my desires and I'll do them because I was always doing them in the first place. But if you're trying to manipulate me to do something, we're going to have a hard time. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So, if you love me, keep my commands. What was his command? Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Mm. I'm going to end right there.
You can trust me because I'm for you. You can trust me because I'm for you. You can give yourself vulnerably to relationship because I'm for you, because I am your protection, because your life is hidden with me. You are, I am, you are in me because I am in the Father and you are in me. We go on in 17. Because I've placed you in myself, because I am your life, your hope, you don't have to chase after all these things, he says, that the pagans do. You don't have to chase after all these things. You don't have to try to use my name as some magical incantation. You can simply receive my life and find that I care for you. More than the lilies, more than the birds of the air. I care for you. I am your life. And this is wrestling, is when there's a gap. Anybody see the gap yet? What's the gap? Can anybody see the gap between what I've just declared and where you and I live? Big? Describe the gap for me. What's the gap? Jesus is saying, your life isn't here. You don't have to worry about anything. What about tomorrow? The reality of today, in the words of Peter, what about him? Right? That's really great. This is the wrestle, is standing today and holding on to Jesus and saying, you alone are my only hope. I have nothing apart from you. What in the world? And that's the image we have of, of Jacob. You guys remember Jacob? Jacob, whose name means trickster. Anybody, you got like a nickname as a kid and you couldn't shake it? Trickster. And he lived up to the name. He tricks his brother, tricks his father, tr runs away from home. And in that place has an encounter with God because he earned it. No. He has this encounter with God and he just this revelation of God providing for his needs. Angels descending, descending. Oh my goodness. And it's just like, what? And then he runs off and he spends another 14 years swindling. Ends up with two wives. One way more than he needed. And then has to run again because he's a trickster, but he met a, a trickster who's a bigger trickster. And on the way back, he's running into his brother who he tricked. And in that place, he meets Jesus. Why? Because do you know what he does? Because he loves his wives, plural, so much. And he loves his kids, very plural. And he loves all the stuff that he has tricked to get. It says he sent them on ahead. He he, he, he sent them as sacrifices to his brother. All of his own efforts had brought him to a place where nothing was working. And he was left all alone in the problems of today. That man over there wants to kill me. He's got all my stuff. I, don't, I think I'm going to lose everything. I, think every, I have nothing left to lose. Instead, he wrestled with God. I've always imagined that. Uh, some ways, kind of like Nacho Libre. Um, but I have a feeling it's more like, more like this, you know, <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine? It's not really a fair fight. You know, J Jacob's coming in for the, for the, I'm, I'm going to take you. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, oh, thump. Okay. Okay. Best 3000 out of 7,000. <laughs> right. And yet what does he do? He just holds on. He holds on. And at the end, the angel says, or God says, all right, I'll give you what you've asked. And he changes his name. See, when he started that battle, he just wanted to live. When he started the battle, he just didn't want to die. When he started the battle, he just wanted to somehow get his stuff back. When he ended, he got what he needed most of all, which was his new name. You're not a trickster. You're a prince of God through whom many, all the nations will be blessed. You are... He wanted just stuff. God gave him what he really longed for. And you know what then he, Jesus did? Or touched his hip. Why do you think he did that? You know what Jacob was? A runner. God knew his weakness. <laughs> You're like, we're going to keep you on a short leash, buddy. God even knows our weakness. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're wrestling with today. But I want to tell you the answer is Jesus. Whatever it is, they ever, whether the solution or the problem or the person or the issue or the amount of money or, or, or your destiny, whatever it is, everything you need is in him. 
And he will lure you into himself with those things. But what he will give you is himself. And in that place, he'll set you free to be able to receive what he wants to give you, which is all things. Because you will no longer need them. If we could have the worship team come up. If we could stand. Father, I thank you that you know our weakness. You know that we are grass. You know that we can't find our way out of a bathroom stall half the time. And yet you continue to pursue us in conversation and relationship. You know that what we need is you and that what we're pursuing is stuff and people and things. So Lord, we come to you today and we say, we want to know you, God. We believe, help our unbelief. Jesus, thank you that you are breaking our understanding so that you can give us new understanding. That you are breaking off everywhere we have been so sure. Um, I just keep seeing this picture of this tiny, tiny little door, um, like low to the ground. And I feel like many of us have been like taking steps and going up and up and like thinking, that that's, that's the plan. And just like Jesus, as they were going up and were ready already to sit on the thrones, he was showing them another way. I feel like for many of us, it's that door of humility and the door that doesn't look appealing, doesn't look um, like anything we would want. But I just see us like getting on our knees and walking through that door. Whew. And just un unimaginable treasure lying beyond that door. Unimaginable treasure lying beyond that door. So if you want just, uh-huh, just with me right now to pray and just say, Jesus, not my way, but yours. Not my understanding, but yours. Oh. Not my glory, but your glory, Jesus. Let your glory be manifest through my life the way you want it. Oh. Jesus, I choose a way of humility. I choose the way of going low. I repent of any pride. I repent of any sense that I know how everything should work. I repent of the way that I think that... Um, and I just say, Jesus, I really don't know. But you do. And I trust you. To come in through that little door into everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. For more information, go to arise.life.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.